This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hello, everyone. I'm Anthony Kasterman. I am joined by Red Bollinger. We're going to talk twins, recapping the offseason as we get very close to pitchers and catchers reporting in Fort Myers, Florida. And, Rhett, you know, this is a team that obviously, you know, the, the jump from 70 wins in 2014 to 83 wins in 2015, a lot of uh, fond, fuzzy feelings engendered out of that. And, of course, the hope that they can make a, a rise now from just above 500 to, you know, legitimate playoff team in, in 2016. And the way they've gone about that is interesting. I think uh, so we went into the offseason. We knew uh, Byung-Ho Park was going to be uh, – uh, it was kind of fun because we knew there was going to be somebody signed right away, uh, given the, the schedule for his posting fee uh, in, in Korea. And I guess my question here is – how, how surprised were you when you found out the Twins were the team that won that betting? I was very surprised at the time. I think more than anything, kind of looking back, the Twins with Miguel Sano, with the, you know, the breakout year he had last year um, as a DH, I thought the Twins were going to try to at least get him in the field a little bit, but I still thought he was going to you know, kind of split time at DH with, with Maurer, maybe even Plouffe, and they were just going to kind of rotate you know, maybe Sano and Plouffe at third base, have those guys kind of DH here and there, even have Sano at first base with Maurer. Uh, kind of play a little bit of corner infield, at least. I didn't think they were going to do anything with Sano too crazy, like move him into the outfield. But sure enough, you know, the news comes out that they, uh, you know, won the posting fee for Young Old Park. I remember even when it kind of came out that a team had won, and I thought, oh, okay, you know, Twins, I can't imagine they're going to be one of the teams that really was too serious on Park just because they kind of already had, like I said, some corner infield spots already kind of taken. But sure enough, uh, they won the bidding. And um, kind of looking back, too, you know, the, the $12.85 million uh, posting fee, and then the, the contract they got for him is so team-friendly for only $12 million. Um, it could end up being a steal if this guy becomes you know, a, a contributor offensively with that power that he has, as we know. We talked about he had you know, over 105 home runs uh, combined over the last two years. Uh, so the power's real. If he can kind of produce that, he's certainly be worth it. So it's kind of one of those things where it surprised me just because they were kind of already set that you know, corner infield, and now, as we know, we've talked about uh, Miguel Sano is going go to go to right field uh, so it kind of changes like kind of the you know complexion of this ball club, uh, kind of mixing and matching and moving guys around. So it surprised me in that sense. I didn't see him as like you know a real fit in that sense. But at the same time, uh, the Twins were looking for power, um, and like I said, they got him for a really you know kind of a team friendly deal in a sense. Uh, once you factor in the fact it was only twelve million dollars uh, for the actual contract itself, so uh, it surprised me. But kind of as we've gotten deeper into the off season, it's making more and more sense. But it's kind of still kind of on park uh, to prove that he can kind of see if those stats can translate. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, the price of power being what it is, you, you could see this turning out to be a steal for them, but um, a lot of that is predicated on him having as smooth a transition as, as Young Ho Gong. And, you know, a lot of that comes down to how supportive the team is. And, and the Twins, obviously, early on, they, they've had Park come out and, uh, you know, take part in their uh, their, their offseason endeavors in, in the community. And 
Uh, it, it certainly seems like this is going to be a very welcoming environment for him uh, as far as this big league clubhouse is concerned. Yeah, definitely. They really have tried, you know, even with the Twins fights, you know, last weekend, or the weekend before last, sorry, uh, he came in, you know, and they had some, you know, Twins employees, you know, at least a couple of Korean phrases, which helped um, <laughs> try to help him get situated in that sense. Um, and I think, too, spring training will be a big key for him to kind of get to know his teammates uh, and just kind of get used to the, the higher velocity that he's going to see, um, that kind of thing. And I think the Twins are going to be, you know, kind of take it slow with him and understand the fact that it's going to be a big transition, not just, you know, baseball-wise, but culture-wise. You know, it's a big shock, I'm sure, coming from Korea uh, to the United States like that. So um, I think the Pirates did the same kind of thing as we talked about with, with Gong, and he obviously started off a little bit slow. And then as the season got along, obviously got really hot and became one of their best players um, and was, you know, a finalist for the Rookie of the Year award. So I think the Twins are probably kind of like to see, a, you know, a blueprint kind of like that where uh, it started him off slow a little bit, and if they have to, I think the Twins would obviously love to keep him out of the minor leagues and let him kind of figure out the major league level. But, you know, he does have minor league options if that were to happen, worst case. And they do have some depth that, you know, like we know with Sano and we know with Kenny's Vargas, they have some depth uh, at that position at least. Um, but they are trying to, you know, take it easy with them. But at the same time, they have high hopes and they signed him for a reason. They believe that he can hit, you know, 25-plus home runs uh, right away even. So I, I think the Twins still have high hopes, but they also want to kind of take it slow and make sure – uh, the culturally and just the adjustments to baseball kind of happen smoothly uh, at his own pace, in a sense. Well, as you said, we were surprised uh, to find the Twins going after a DH, and doubly surprised, I think, to see the bullpen, you know, basically untouched. If, if you had told me the Twins are going to sign a DH and not uh, to a multi-year contract and not a reliever to a multi-year contract, that would have been a surprise going into winter. Talk about the bullpen situation and just how that's played out obviously it was a thin free agent market to begin with so tough to uh tough to maneuver within that yeah it's been interesting you know market some of the top guys like relievers we've seen get three and four year deals and i I don't think the twins are ever that comfortable everyone would do that you know this is an organization that we talked about has never even given a multi-year deal to a reliever ever uh, in free agency so uh, i still thought going in there probably going to sign maybe a lefty reliever uh to a two-year deal or maybe even a three-year deal um, you know, maybe someone like a Tony Sip type. Um, but clearly the Twins weren't really willing to go um, that route. It's because I think they know that relievers have a volatile position. You know, one, one year the guy could be great and have a great season, and the next year all of a sudden he's just, you know, just not there anymore, just doesn't have the great numbers. It just kind of seems like it's a little bit tougher to predict in terms of, you know, how the reliever's going to fare. I mean, sometimes the Twins have been lucky kind of picking guys up, you know, guys like Jared Burton or Casey Seen kind of guys they picked up on, you know, minor league deals that all of a sudden became uh, big contributors. I mean, even last, last year, you know, Blaine Boyer was in, in the bullpen the entire year and it was a minor league deal. So I think the Twins realize that sometimes you can kind of find uh, hidden gems, and especially if they're a lot cheaper. And more than anything, the Twins have a lot of young, you know, hard-throwing uh, guys in the minor leagues right now that are close to the big leagues. You know, guys like Nick Birdie, guys like Jake Reed, uh, guys like J.P. Chagua, uh, guys like Mason Malatakis. Um, so they have some options, at least in the minors, guys that were in double-A last year that uh, figured at least be in triple-A to start out the year and potentially in the bullpen after a month or two. Uh, even Alex Myers, the guy you can kind of put in that uh, category. So they have some hard throwers and some big arms in the minors. I guess it just kind of shows they have confidence in those guys. Uh, cause clearly they haven't really done much to address the bullpen outside of a couple of non-roster invites. Um, some guys like Fernando Abad's a little intriguing. Uh, you know, Dan Runsler. Brandon Kinsler, so some guys that at least have some major league experience, uh, Buddy Bossers, but just not really anybody that really jumps out at you and nobody on a major league deal. And certainly there's still times they could sign somebody because there are some names still out there, but 
at this point, uh, I still think it would be more likely that they'd add another guy and be on another minor league deal rather than sign somebody to a major league deal at this point. Well, sometimes staying away from those those big reliever contracts can make you look awfully smart in the long run. Uh, obviously, the Twins hoping that's the case in their bullpen. Uh, last thing, Rhett, just two months later now, or I'm sorry, three months later, what, what's your takeaway on the Aaron Hicks trade? Uh, obviously, uh, especially if you're moving Sano to the outfield, there, there's depth there from the Twins' perspective, and uh, I don't think we would have been too surprised to learn that they would uh, address the catching situation uh, in, in some way, and they did that with John Ryan Murphy. I think at the time, uh, Brian Cashman called it a, you know, a straightforward, straight old-fashioned baseball trade. I think that's kind of the way to look at it. I mean, it really was just two teams that really had a need. You know, the Twins needed a catcher. They got a young catcher with some upside and John Ryan Murphy. The Yankees really needed a center fielder, and they got a young center fielder and Aaron Hicks with some upside. You know, it's just positional need. The Twins really needed a catcher. They felt like Kurt Suzuki could use some help behind the plate last year. Started to fall off a little bit offensively. Had some trouble throwing out runners. Uh, so they kind of wanted a guy that could kind of be his uh, kind of maybe his heir apparent, maybe kind of help groom him this year where Murphy will kind of be split in the position, learning from Suzuki, and then take over as kind of the full-time uh, number one catcher of the future. And the Twins have some guys in their minor league system, guys like Stuart Turner, they can feel could be probably good backup catchers in the majors. They just didn't really have anybody they felt like could be that kind of, you know, number one catcher type. And Murphy, they believe, gives them that. Um, and Hicks, I think, maybe even has a little bit more upside than Murphy. is a guy that, you know, started to figure it out last year had a great July, uh, started to kind of show that offensive potential that made him such a top prospect as a minor leaguer. But there's still been a lot of inconsistency in Hicks's career. Um, and really, even last year, even though it was kind of his breakout season, it really was just kind of the month of July that kind of popped up this whole season. So um, the Yankees are taking on a little bit of risk there. I think that the way I look at it is I think that Murphy has probably a lower floor. Like, he's more likely he's going to be a solid player, but less likely he's going to be a star. Whereas Hicks, you could see him figuring it all out and becoming a, you know, an all-star. You could also see Hicks continuing to be inconsistent and become you know, a part-time player or a platoon player. Um, so it's an interesting trade. I think more than anything, it was just, like I said, I think it was just kind of based on need. Both teams kind of needed those positions, and it made a lot of sense. Um, but like any trade, you never know how it's going to go, so I'm definitely curious to see kind of how it plays out. Uh, but I do think that in terms of need, the Twins, the twins needed a catcher, and Murphy fits that bill, and uh, so that's something made a lot of sense for the Twins. All right, Twins pitchers and catchers, Murphy included, report uh, to Fort Myers on February 21st. Rhett will be there. I want to thank him for joining us. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Minnesota Twins edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free AtBat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 